0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air it Out podcast. I am your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you, as always, on the Air It Out podcast. Another episode coming at you, episode 36, the Jerome Bettis episode 36, if you keep track at home, joined by my co-host, Jolan Bayocqua. Jolan, just you and me in the booth this
1: week. The To the Moon slogan's been hitting this week. Everyone the, likes the to it. To
0: the Moon. There's a lot of people who are going to get sent to the moon pretty soon uh, if they're not careful how they're acting but uh, no, again, we want to talk about last week in the NFL, the championship games. What a what a great weekend! We forewarned you, by the way, that it was that that first game, especially between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, was going to be an all-time classic game. Uh, and to me, it was when you really sit down and and again, I think sometimes Jolan, as casual fans don't you know don't see it as much. You know, they if they have a different interest, you know, they kind of can relate to this. When you watch these two quarterbacks go at it and duel the way they did and the defenses and the schemes and the changing of coverage, the hiding of coverage, the, it, all these different aspects of the game, it really is a work of art when you actually get to watch it, especially with limited fans.
1: We have to disagree on something. You What's said saying? good quarterback play from two quarterbacks that day. Tom Brady played like dog water. Well, Big that, dog. That, water. Three that,
0: picks. He got Jameis Winston that somewhere third, upset. That third pick upset. was a punt, basically. So really had two interceptions, one a little bit overthrown over Mike Evans. The other hit his receiver in the hands, if I remember correctly. Statshi um, don't lie. Yeah. Never no. Has. But uh you gotta watch the film uh, to actually determine whose fault whose fault it was. We we know this all the time. Daniel Jones throws a lot of picks, Joel, on how many of them are off Evan Ingram's hands. I don't know enough to get him to the Pro Bowl, but uh, Sadly. <laughs> but, but no that that Green Bay Tampa game was just a classic game between between two great teams. And again, why why did why did we bet against Tom? Why did we bet against Tom Brady? It, I know everything was pointing to betting against Tom Brady, and then he just said "F you" and watch this and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to hug my son Well, there's two things
1: we need to talk about here. The first one is Matt LaFleur not going for it with down eight with the game on the line. We'll get back to that. The second is if you bet on Green Bay, you're more upset because they played a fantastic game. Like, they had more passing first downs than um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. They had more plays run than the Buccaneers did. Time of possession they controlled. They had less turnovers. Everything you do to win a football game in the playoffs, they essentially did. And they still got burned by Tom and the boys, so...
0: Except for playing defense deep at the end of the first half, which, by the way, Greg Williams got fired from the Jets, and rightfully so for what he did against Oakland. Cover zero. Their, Mike Pettin, the defensive coordinator for Green Bay, deserves to get fired. I, there's not more than fired, but like he needs to be more than fired because that was in a game that actually meant something.
1: It's so hard to fire someone coming off a 26-6 and run in the regular season. With two deep postseason runs, it looks good on paper, but...
0: You want to know somebody else who should be on the hot the seat? LaFleur should be on the hot seat, too. You think so? Absolutely, because we talked about that. You hinted at that decision. Uh, you have fourth and goal from, what was it, the eight-yard line. Number one, the play before. Aaron, you know, he, I don't think he gets in, but he could at least gain something uh, from it. He looked for Devontae Adams way too much on the goal line all day. Rightfully uh, so. It was, 17, and, But again... Sense. At a certain point, you got to use that against the defense as opposed to continuing to feed into it. Um, You look back, and, Jolan, this, this is what is the icing on the cake for me. Knowingly and willingly giving the ball back to Tom Brady, not Daniel Jones, not Sam Darnold, not Lamar Jackson. You gave it back to the greatest quarterback to walk on this earth with two minutes left. To go to the Super Bowl, that's a fireable offense, okay? I, I don't think he gets fired this offseason, but it is sure a fireable offense. And
1: when you look at, like, the Packers defensively that day, they were not getting the Tom Brady. We've spoke about this. The formula to beat Tom Brady seems rush the edges, get guys up the middle, force pressure. Green Bay had one sack, five quarterback pressures. Not what you want to do when you give the ball back to Tom Brady. That's not the situation you want to be It's it's not
0: the formula, but I will tell you, it is harder to get pressure on Tom Brady now, because not because of his mobility. We know know that's not the reason. The reason is because they have so many explosive weapons on the outside. You talk about, at tight end, Gronk and O.J. Howard, Cameron Bray. I mean, we haven't talked about O.J. Howard in a while. So that's two weapons right there. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, the rookie out of Minnesota, Antonio, We just got to Antonio Brown, who didn't even play in this game. You're at seven weapons right there. There's only so many defenders you can commit to the line of scrimmage and try to blitz without leaving somebody blatantly wide open. So I think that's in part of it, Jolan. they got to double-cover somebody, and then at that point, it's just one-on-one matchups, and you can't rush everybody all the time because he's going to pick you apart. It, it, it's one of those catch-22 situations that a lot of teams are running into, but I'm interested to see how Steve Spagnolo, who's beaten Tom Brady twice in Super Bowls, finds finds a creative way to do it if he can next week.
1: Well, if you're the Packers and you have those one-on-one matchups, it's ideal not to lose them.
0: Well, of they course, lost the but game when Kevin King's points. your corner, like, you know, he got burned by Scotty Miller again. Like I said, playing that type of defense, that's a fireable offense. But also, not only calling that type of defense, but actually being the player to play that type of defense... That's a fireable event. You know, that's a, you get cut from the roster and King got picked on all day long. All day long.
1: So let's talk, uh, let's talk Tom Brady real quick. He's been in 18% of all Super Bowls played in history. It's now his 10th appearance. He's what, 6-3 in them? About to make his 10th. Where does he stand on your all-time list? Is he now number one? Obviously, he might have been your number one. Who's behind him real quick? Who's... Above him, if anybody.
0: Yeah, no, he's been number one for me for a while. Um, again, a lot of what he's done has sealed it for me. Uh, you know, again, you you always root against the Patriots because, again, it, it's what kind of makes sports fun. You root against dynasties, like, and you get the best out of the team that's trying to do it, the 07 Giants. You needed the absolute best out of them to defeat Darth Vader and the evil empire. That's what you needed, okay? I think after probably, I, again, I think it was close but once you once to me once he had the Falcons Super Bowl where he came back from that big deficit, that's really where he took it for me. In terms of guys below him, you talk about guys like Joe Montana. I think he's the tier next, and then I think you know you start talking tier three guys like John Elway, Peyton Manning. You know even even briefly mention a guy like Dan Marino at the bottom bottom of that tier. Uh, only because he hasn't won a championship. Much I, one step under. Right, and I mean, and, yeah. and you even go, you go further. You get solidly into Dan Marino, Drew Brees, all these different guys. And then, you know, after that tier, you probably start talking about Aaron Rodgers, and this was a big opportunity for him to take a leap into the next stratosphere. Uh, but he didn't, you know, Peyton Manning uh, is up there in those tiers too, Brett Favre. Uh, a lot of those guys, you know, Steve Young, a lot of names to remember. So,
1: you had mentioned it. When you look at all-time greats throwing the ball, championships matter. You just said it. As a player, championships championships matter, and they know it matters. Where does Aaron Rodgers now rank on your list, one and four at NFC Championships, not getting it done, as opposed to, like, an Eli Manning, you would say, on the all-time list?
0: Yeah, I mean, I again, I think... I think championships are a part of the equation. I don't think it's the entire equation. So, again, you know, I'm going to put Aaron Rodgers. I think he's, he's to me, within my top ten quarterbacks of all time. I think he's my
1: top five. I, and, and I
0: just think, you know, again, but again, you know, I'm talking just overall, you know, again, talent-wise, we can talk about it. He's probably way, way up there. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, he's in the top ten of my quarterbacks. Full and career, I th- full slate. Right, and I think that's kind of where he sits. Again, all of these losses— there, there is some blame on him. There is some he hasn't mm. played well, but there is a lot of his Three defense was awful. Was he, you know his defense has allowed 40 points, and I believe two of those losses. You have the Brandon Bostic game in Seattle Don't where they lose it an all, where they lose in overtime uh, for a right to play Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So you talk about a lot of these things that have gone wrong for him. And again, some, so there are areas where he hasn't played well, but for a majority of the time, it's his coaching. And it's his defense that's letting him down here in these big spots. But, again, the record is what it is, unfortunately, right now.
1: So let's get into, like, the next matchup that happened last week. Bills and Chiefs, phenomenal game. It's from two veteran quarterbacks on the way out to two about to be up veteran comers, quarterbacks yeah. up and coming. Yeah, literally. Who did you like in that matchup originally? How did it pan out? What exactly happened the way you didn't want it to or ha- wanted
0: to? Yeah, so, of course, I was wrong in the first game. I picked the Packers. Um, I thought they would find a way to squeak one out. Obviously, they didn't. I took the Chiefs. I took the safe bet uh, in the second game. I just thought Kansas City, again, getting Patrick Mahomes back, knowing he wasn't going to be in concussion protocol, but then watching him run around again on that toe, uh, squatting, jumping, running around, doing all these different things. He looked great to me. He looked fantastic. And you just look at it, and you even go back to last year's postseason. The only thing that stopped the Kansas City Chiefs were the Kansas City Chiefs. Drops penalties, all all these little things that they can control was their downfall at any point last year in the postseason up until they got to the Super Bowl where you talk about a guy like Robert Sala had to come up with this great defensive plan. They have great defensive players at the 49ers. So that was really it, – it took until then, and this Buffalo defense had holes in it. Josh Allen's game had holes in it, and they really – Kansas City found a way to exploit that, uh, and they, they came out victorious – Again, at home in front of a, a decently big crowd. I believe there were 17,000 people there for that game. Uh, so, you know, just just an incredible moment for them. And uh, Andy Reid just continues continues to rewrite the script. Remember the script was Andy Reid couldn't get it done. He was the best coach to never get it done. Now he won the Super Bowl last year. And you just see him coaching with a ton of confidence right now. And, and it's great to see.
1: And one of the big things that I liked last week and uh, Randy had mentioned was The lack thereof, um, rather, in Buffalo, of the run game. There's no run game in Buffalo. And they got outpaced of 245 rush yards to only 84. They got time of possession. They got outpaced for total yards, 466 to 206. So clearly there's something working in Buffalo, but the real main concern is the run game. Do you see them... Possibly going after any free agents? Do you see them? Yeah, it's Or is there anything – do you keep the group together? You let them run another year?
0: Right. You know, and again, part of that is, you know, you got to find some good interior linemen. You know, again, their offensive line isn't bad. I'm not – this is not a slander on the Bills' offensive line. They obviously were, were pretty good all year long. But they were great at pass blocking. So now where do, where do you look to improve? Again, you can upgrade the running back position, no doubt. You're going to have good running backs – You talk about a guy like maybe Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, obviously, depending on where they get to. That's all in the first round. Then you start talking about the guys we don't even know about yet uh, as they come up and uh, find their way into the NFL. So I think that's an area where, of course, they can address that, but also look to address the interior offensive line. How comfortable are they run blocking? Do do you have to kind of change them out of that pass blocking scheme? What does Brian Dable think? Again, their offensive coordinator, because so much runs through the offensive coordinator nowadays – uh, and, and so much of it runs through the head coach. But Sean McDermott's a defensive guy, so you've seen him turn over the reins. Something we haven't seen in Seattle, which we'll talk about later. Uh, which is a problem. But again, I think it. You know, it's fun. Actually, let's bring Seattle into this. If you took Seattle's play style and the Bills play style, and you mixed it together, you'd have the most perfectly balanced offense in the entire league.
1: Well, when you look at free agency running backs, we can list a couple guys right now. It's Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Mark Ingram, James White, Matt Burita, Mike Davis, Carlos Hyde, ton of guys. ton of guys you can sign to replace Devin Singletary, or you draft a guy. Who's the most likely out of those guys to get signed, and where do they go?
0: Oh, that's tough. Uh, you know, I, I think the most likely out of that group to get signed just anywhere? Um, just anywhere or to the Bills?
1: To the Bills. Let's go specific here.
0: Yeah, that's that's tough. Let me hear those names once again.
1: Kenyon Drake, yep. Todd Gurley, Mark Ingram, Tevin Coleman, James White, Matt Breida. Then you got guys like Mike Davis, Rex Burkhead,
0: some of the right. tier four I, or five, you know, rather, if you want. I, I don't know if it's the most likely, but I think it'd be an interesting pair... Um, I would go, I would look at Mark Ingram as a guy for them, because again, if you know, and this is, this is me again, as a fan thinking about this, I I think if they get a guy like ETN, who's this very nimble, athletic running back, he can do a lot of different things. And you get Mark Ingram, who's going to punch you in the face. I think it's a good one, two punch up there and a good balance. Again, this is what we're talking about. Got to be balanced. Seattle obviously leans far far too towards the run. The Bills far too to the pass. They got to find a way to get some common ground. But for the Bills, I think Mark Ingram would be a great sign. So there's
1: also some guards on the market. You mentioned their interior linemen. You got guys like Brandon Schreff and Joe Thunney who have been, I think, both of them have made the Pro Bowl. I,
0: I believe so. That's not so, saying yeah. much
1: anymore considering Evan Ingram made it, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Are, there's guys on the market. Do you see them pursuing these guys heavily? and – is Buffalo the place to be right now?
0: I you know it's listen if if either one of those guys has a wife, it's going to be a tough sell. If, and, not, <laughs> and not I'm not saying the area is bad. That's not what I'm saying. Who's Buffalo. again, I work I work in you know technically upstate we New York. You. you know I, I I love you up there, but it 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 gets cold. It gets very very cold. And that's a tough sell to a lot of people. You start playing games, you got to start wearing long sleeves. Don't want to think about it. you got to start wearing them at the end of October, whereas maybe if you're playing somewhere like Miami, you ain't got to wear them ever, That'd you be- know, unless you're going on the road somewhere or something like that. So I definitely think they should pursue one of those guys. We have to figure out their cap situation because uh, their, their linebacker, Mike Milano, is a free agent. Uh, Stephon Diggs, did he just get a new deal, or is he up in a couple years? I
1: think he's up either next year. Well, he might get an early extension, but he's up either next year or the right, year after. Right, but that
0: all affects the cap and way, where they can actually spend. So maybe they look in the draft for a guard. Maybe they look uh, you know, just, just somebody we're not even thinking of yet, uh, and they find him at the guard position. Again, just to bolster that offensive line.
1: Now, when you look at, rather than free agents, more of guys on their way out of their situations, you look at guys like Deshaun Watson. He's now publicly stated he wants out of the Houston Texans. Houston has now publicly stated they don't want to trade him. Where does that situation lie? Where do you think he goes? What makes the most sense to you?
0: Yeah, this is the ultimate standoff move, John. We talked about this a little bit before the podcast. Uh, this is the ultimate standoff. Who's going to budge first? Is Watson or is the, the organization? Again, we've seen this players forcing their way out of town stuff. Deshaun Watson is in a very bad situation. It's awful. Deshaun no Watson first-round picks. Deshaun Watson was a top-five quarterback last year on a four-and-twelve football team. Do you know? You know how hard that is. Do you know how hard it is to be a top-five quarterback. He and played be on a really four and, well. That's what I'm saying. So again, you got to look. You, you really got to look. And again, he has a no trade clause, so he can really you know really dictate where he wants to go, which could be another thorn in the organization side. But again, is Deshaun willing to sit out games? Is he willing to sit out a year? I don't know about that. And uh, I, I don't I, I don't know what teams I don't know what teams are gonna give up. So what are his
1: options? Do you see like him holding out for the full year? Do you see maybe retirement?
0: Yeah, I mean that's definitely an option. Again, we we kind of talked about this. The the real only comparison I could find, and again it's not comparison in terms of where they are in their career, but Brett Favre did it to get out of Green Bay. He was unhappy with that situation. I um, mean, he got out. Now, that was towards the end of his career. But he still had some great football. Some argue it was 2009 Vikings year was the best year of his career. Uh, that was obviously Bounty Gate and stuff like that. But I think with Deshaun Watson, you know, I heard a pretty crazy trade proposal this morning, uh, or earlier in the week, I should say, from Dan Orlovsky of ESPN. And he said, if I was Giants GM Dave Gettleman, I would get on the phone and and I would put Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and three first-round picks on the table, and let and and have them answer what they think. Because again, I don't think Daniel Jones is your guy. Saquon Barkley is a running back you're going to pay a lot of money to, so don't expect to contend. And he just came off next... a
1: huge knee injury, right? Talk logistics. And
0: and you know, paying running backs. We talked about this. This is a no-paying running backs podcast, yeah, nah. <laughs> okay? Because we've seen how it works out. And if you're a team like Houston that's going to be rebuilding. It makes sense to pay a guy like Saquon because he's it. Same thing with Carolina. We talked about with McCaffrey. He's it. They're not contending yet, okay. But if the Giants want to contend, you got to get that guy at quarterback, okay. And then you know, again, we've seen running backs. We saw Wayne Gallman have a great year. Now again, does he do everything Saquon it was can? Sub-par. No, but he he filled in rather well. Okay, yeah, I, I would say that's a fair statement. And again, another position that you could always look to address. Um, obviously, a guy like uh, I the last time they got a you know a, a Patriots running back, it didn't turn out so well. Um, but you could look at a guy like James White to catch the ball out of the backfield a little bit more. You could see there's different things you can do. I'm saying if you if you were to move on from Saquon, and again we talk about the most important position in football being the quarterback position, and his contract actually becomes a bargain if he gets traded.
1: Now if you're the Giants and you hear all these rumors about Watson, oh, I'm put my Giants, and out. now all of a sudden the Lions are burning house down, and I know Stafford's on the way out. They're looking to trade. Is it in your best interest to trade for Matt Stafford, possibly, or do you stick with the younger Daniel Jones?
0: I – so you mean out of those three options? Well,
1: no. Yeah, if you're the Giants, do you go out to Stafford, or do you stick with Daniel Jones?
0: No, I – so this is tough. And where would Stafford go? That's a better question. The problem with Stafford is that he's on – you know he's in the last you know five six holes of his career. You know when you he's play hall of famer. when you play golf, um, yeah we'll we'll have to see where he where he lies, uh, in a few years. I do he's not first ballot, but no, no, You know no. I think eventually he'll get in. 350K. Nonetheless, it's it, if you've ever played a round at golf, you get to those last six holes and you're like, damn that's it, that's it. You know and that's the same thing with Stafford's career, right? Like he's at the end, you know, and he's kind of sitting there and he's like damn, you know, I should have went somewhere different earlier in my career. But uh, this is the situation he's dealt. I've heard San Francisco thrown around a lot. It makes a lot of sense in my eyes just in terms of where he can go and try to win right away. Now, he's going to one of the toughest, if not the toughest, division in the entire league. So good luck with that. But, again, I think he would embrace the warm weather, The warm, right? You go from a dome, you don't want to go to, like, New Jersey – Right, you you don't want to go right into the cold. You want to go to somewhere warm out there in in California.
1: I think it's a sin for what the Lions have done with Stafford throughout his entire career. Alvin Johnson, Based, not Perry not even Sanders. that. He, he could have been a top two, if not the top quarterback, his entire career. You're talking about a guy who's the fastest one at 50k, a guy who throws no look pass basically in his sleep, like.
0: Right, but Stafford's this, it. Five yards a bunch of that's times. That's why the name Calvin Staff, Johnson comes up. Stafford's it, man. He's been he's been handicapped because the organization literally forced the best wide receiver in in the league at the time he was playing, and probably would have been for the foreseeable in future. They forced him out of town. They, they literally forced the guy to retire. Right? He doesn't like even watch like football it all takes. Day. Right? He doesn't even watch football anymore. That's that's what that's another sin that they did to just continue to ruin matthew stafford's career um i don't see matthew stafford as a fit for the giants only because he's got a big contract and he, again i just don't if the giants were in a spot to contend i'd say absolutely i'd give up the whole barn for him uh and get him for you know a couple year window but i don't think the giants are there yet
1: where do you see him Pittsburgh,
0: Colts? Where do I see him? There's teams, um, Buccaneers. I think it comes down to San Francisco and Indianapolis. And, uh, and again, I think I think the Colts, again, make a lot of sense because it's indoors. You know, it doesn't have to go anywhere. He's still sling the rock 80 times a game. Um, I just think, I don't know, something tells me he finds a way into Indianapolis. Indianapolis in desperate need of a quarterback, obviously, with Phillip Rivers retiring. Uh, to uh, Sweet Home Alabama, you know
1: he only wanted like, to make four K a year coaching. He didn't want to teach. He didn't want to do nothing but coach football. No, he just for wants to coach Alabama, high football. <laughs> dude. You make like three four K a year in Alabama coaching high school. That's like, all he wants. That's his to do. one goal in life. Think about that.
0: <laughs> hey, he, he lived out his his one dream. Now he's living out his second dream. So we obviously we wish teach him all the best or something,
1: Philip Come uh, on, but <laughs> Shoot for the I stars. just see
0: Matthew Stafford finding his way back into a dome, uh, not having not having to travel too far. Uh, going from Detroit to Indianapolis,
1: I cannot believe Philip Rivers, man. Yeah, I love him. He's the like, dang <laughs> nabbit or whatever he says. Great guy, great oh, guy.
0: Oh, we finally. I just to cannot to talk believe he person. said
1: his main goal in life was just to coach high school football. Yeah, like that's like a, a side gig yeah. for teachers. <laughs> it's like, dude, that's not your main goal. Yeah, and like the dude had a cannon of an arm. When he oh, said of course. This. <laughs>
0: like, but yeah, he's a, he's an lack of dude.
1: confidence, Rivers. We're getting yeah. back at you, bro. <laughs>
0: But again, expect a historic amount of quarterback moves uh, this offseason. Stay tuned for that. Uh, Joel, we got some great news uh, earlier in the week. Ron Rivera of the Washington football team was announced. He was cancer free. Um, again, a guy, again, that there are in division rivals, but he's a guy you root for. Uh, and you never want to see somebody battle through that. And he, he's just done a great job all year long. And if
1: I remember correctly, this is a guy you lobbied for, for the Giants to hire before the Shermers. I believe Curtis so. Could, yeah, so I think he took a year off of coaching.
0: Yeah, Riverboat Ron. Yeah, I, but yeah,
1: he, he could have reestablished the Giants. I think yeah. he's going to do the same in Washington. Haskins is gone.
0: Uh, Which is going to make him. the division all that much more fun, to be honest. His d line's already the best you know, NFL, oh, so the, it's easy to win games D-line like that. That D-line is really, really, really good. So... <laughs> uh there there's Drop not the much to worry about there but uh you know you look at it and the last thing we'll talk about is uh fan attendance for the Super Bowl they set that finally at 22,000 thought it'd be a little bit le- uh thought it'd be a little bit more to be completely honest but it's going to be 22,000 7500 of which are going to be uh frontline healthcare workers that are going to the game for free uh, a great gesture obviously by the league uh doing what they have to do in Florida the wild wild west and uh, and and just again another great gesture, another great sign uh, from the NFL is they somehow come to the conclusion, Jolan, of this is it. You know they they have we talked about them. I remember back in July when they had just said, "Oh, we don't have any plans," and the players had to come out with that social media movement, and then they finally within 24 hours they it's had to been a the long calls in place. It's been a <laughs> long, long ride. And it's just been crazy. It's going to end in the Super Bowl with a quarterback hosting the Super Bowl for, you know, a team being at home for the Super Bowl for the first time ever. Uh, Just, you know, what else did Brady need to achieve except for this?
1: I could tell you something about the Super Bowl. If you're not in the industry of marketing, radio, healthcare or you're a family member of a player, you are not getting a ticket. I promise you. Because they are going all to the Doritos guys. <laughs> they're going all to the healthcare workers, and they're not going to the public. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, again, you know, again, those those just seem like the most people that would actually follow protocols. Nonetheless, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but again, <laughs> I can sense. tell you, as of Friday morning, the league has activated their protocols. That they, they're they're real close in precautions, and what does that mean, Jolán? That means anybody that tests positive is out for the Super Bowl. It does not matter whether it is a key player. It does not matter who it is. The game will go on as scheduled. And if you test positive for COVID between now and the Super Bowl, you are done. I don't want to see another Justin Turner. I don't want a guy to test positive at halftime and then come out for the celebration after. Wow, that was a story that got left in the
1: wind, huh? Yeah. Everyone forgot about that. Yeah. If you see a backup quarterback to win the Super Bowl, who is it? I don't even know the backs. Oh, box. it's
0: Chad Henney. Yeah, no, Chad Who, Henney's the guy. He's the Bucks backup. I don't Blaine even Gabbard? know. It's Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, it is Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's oh, absolutely. Imagine, Chad I don't wish Henney.
1: COVID on anybody. Don't say I did. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, it could be, be Chad Henney.
0: Uh, no, Blaine? Yeah, no. Real Jesus no. no. in Silence. <laughs> no, he's going to get all the blame. Not all the blame, you know, but uh, yeah, no, Chad Henney, that, that's a guy right there. What a
1: story for Blaine Gabbert if he won a Super Bowl before the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, full
0: circle. What, I, I, I <laughs> what a story it would be for Tom Brady to get COVID with all the avocado he eats. I, uh, you know, it's just what what a story that would turn out to be. I Almost
1: spit on my drink. Folks. Um,
0: but uh, yeah, no. So that's gonna do it for the NFL again. We're gonna talk full Super Bowl preview uh, next week. It's gonna be a huge, huge chunk of the episode. Oh, yeah. uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun, John. We're gonna talk a little basketball. Basketball starting to heat up a little bit. There's rumors of an All Star game gonna happen this year. I don't see it. I really don't. I don't see the need for it, number one. And number two, I don't see the intelligence behind it, Uh, obviously with a league that's had COVID outbreaks, you know, here as of late.
1: Well, when you look at NBA as a whole right now, your your next question for them and most, actually, organizations is when's the vaccine coming for these players? They're obviously – NFL is kind of winding down. You're kind of seeing them like Super Bowl and such. NBA, MLB, NHL, they're going to be at the heart of this thing when – Vaccines are being passed out and such, so you just wonder the reach of these organizations. Can they get their players vaccinated? Is there going to be a stop because of what's going on? But who knows? Who knows? Yeah,
0: I mean, I again, the, also the,
1: games not smart either.
0: This this whole idea of them cutting the line is a very, again, we've talked about this. It, it's not necessarily a right or right. it's a very dangerous precedent to set. Uh, it's the same thing with Amazon's bugging the government to get theirs. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to show up to work one day and they're going to strap me down into a. a a white board and some dude is going to stick a needle in my arm and say, here, you're this vaccinated. Is this is
1: super villain story. <laughs> right? This is like,
0: I like, I have nightmares about this. Uh, it's just one of those things you gotta, again, I don't think anybody agrees with the vaccine rollout. It's been awful, but you have to kind of let the process do because again, there are much more vulnerable populations. Like reason why Greg Popovich got the vaccine is because he's part of a vulnerable population of people in this country that need to, protect to get
1: Popovich it. at all
0: costs. Of course. And he even, advoca- him and Cuban were out yesterday advocating for people to get the vaccine. Um, and again, you know, we're not going to dive into that, but it, it is an interesting it's point. It's a fair so question. On. It is absolutely a fair question. And again, I don't know where they fall. They could one day drop and say, yeah, we got however many doses they need.
1: From the politics of NBA, let's go to the actual gameplay. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's talk LeBron. He's been dominant. He's in year 18. He's the headline guy, obviously. That's why we're talking about him first. Oof.
0: Yeah. The hey, Lakers he, repeat? Dro- he dropped, 40, he dropped 46 on the Cavs. Uh, you know, he just loves going back to Cleveland. He's and, so good, dude. You know, it's, it, it, it's kind of crazy to me. It's funny. We saw the Jordan documentary, right? We saw all the petty little things Great
1: documentary. Did. Great
0: documentary. Top five of mine. Uh, shout out Rob King at ESPN. He's a Wesleyan alum, was an executive producer on that. We'll talk uh, to us g- soon. Great guy. Um, but he, we saw the pettiness, on, right? George Carl didn't say, you know, hello to me at dinner. You know, this guy this guy said the, the when he when he ruined the rookie basically after after one game, you know, he you know, Softly he finds charming. things
1: I can't say the last word, but yeah. <laughs> he he
0: finds stuff on the golf court, all this stuff. And what happened last week when LeBron dropped 46 on the Cavs, he he had I believe he had 25 going into the fourth quarter. He missed a buzzer beater uh his little fade shot that he does, and a Cavs executive is jumping up and down Clapping his hands, and we they talked to LeBron after the game and he said, What happened? LeBron goes, Yeah, I think he got a little too excited. Well, he angered LeBron, and LeBron went on to score 21 in the fourth quarter uh and 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 just put Cleveland away. Super James. It's one of those things, like I said, Jolan, it's not, it's not it's he's not Michael. But like you see these little like these little flashes, these little things that you just say, okay. We know he's listening. We know he's watching. We know he's he hears everything. Uh again, Jolan, the the mil, the billion dollar question, where does the who is the next guy? LeBron can't keep doing this forever, right?
1: Okay, let's talk Michael real quick cuz I'm going to ask you something that you're going to probably gonna get mad about. Do you know when the zone defense of the NBA was allowed?
0: You're out of – get off the podcast.
1: 2001. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan did not play against zone defense, folks. You take that to the bank. It's a fact. Number two, Luka is definitely the next LeBron. 100%. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, I just – His ability to get the rim is not the same. Yeah, athleticism is not there. Uh but the That's whin- a good question. The whining for calls is there. Um, Could
1: it be LaMelo but if it, he gets bigger?
0: Yeah. I mean, we got to see. Because again, you even look at a guy like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's into his thirties already. Kevin
1: Durant's one of the best shooters of my right. lifetime, if not the best. Right. And he's, he's gonna his own
0: he's gonna supplant himself in the NBA all time greats. But again, his prime and 95 percent of his prime is gonna be played when LeBron James was there. And whether you wanna argue he's the best or he's not, I think he's the second best player. I think LeBron's
1: it's the call alone effect. You right, playing with the Jordan, you're not going to look as good.
0: Right. I think that's that's a that's a really good comparison and uh I just think, you know, again, I it's not necessarily saying Kevin Durant doesn't get the respect. It's just who's this next guy? Like cuz again, we're watching LeBron evolve his game. He he so far this year is shooting better from 3 than Steph Curry. You know, and he he obviously has the ability that to effect. dish it out that what that is a fact that is crazy you're right that is, that is as of earlier in the week i don't know about uh his his last game uh, how that affected that but again the and he's got right the there. ability to dish it out all the time the no look passes you know he's always had that ability and you just look at it and i i i, I just wonder jolan cuz again he's evolved his game into where he doesn't need to be this physical dominant guy that's always getting to the rim that's always throwing it down there's no need for that anymore he's evolving so how long can he go i don't really know and you look at his body his body is still in great shape it's just i see you smiling over there
1: lebron's it's, crazy it's
0: just unreal like you know and and the guy says i don't get tired
1: the, the question the, the like that's a legit question because the guy that might be the next lebron or the next jordan asks the transition the nba it's like that iconic character shoe brand i don't think he's in the nba right now that's for dang sure, yeah. because for the simple fact that he would have been called the chosen one in high school, Michael wasn't on that precedent, but the second he was, people were getting called Michael in high school, you know what I'm saying? Like,
0: yeah, I, it's I, weird. I just, it's, I don't know where the league goes, Um, is it somebody that kind of builds himself up through their Niccolo career? Manion,
1: Golden State, <laughs> next LeBron, <laughs> second round draft pick, I'm I, up.
0: I just, I, I don't know, I don't know, Joel, I, I don't know where the next... The next face of the league is coming from because again, even this year we've seen how many people have been talking about Giannis. It's died down a lot of you pe- like in well, terms you got a super
1: of, team again. The NBA is right. fun. Well,
0: of course, you know, of course, a lot of time is talking about Brooklyn and stuff like that. But Kyrie's not going to be the face of the league. James Harden's not going to be the face of the league. Is it going to be Durant for a year? Is Durant the bridge well, guy? Durant's he's,
1: the definitely the bridge guy. Is he
0: the bridge guy? He's
1: the second best player in the world, and he's the MVP right now. Yeah,
0: and again, you know, obviously we we wish that he stays healthy and everything like that. Uh, but it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, Jolan. and uh, you know, again, they're right in the heart of their season, and we're waiting for a different sport to start up theirs.
1: So let's stay on the Nets real quick. Uh oh, um, they're in the mix for a couple players. They're really struggling. They need a center. Their defense ain't there. What's wrong? Uh, What's wrong with the Nets? How do they fix it? They, Who are they in the market they for? They need
0: a big-time defender. You're talking about Cleveland, who's got seemingly every big left in NBA history. <laughs> uh, you know, a guy like Andre Drummond has been linked to potentially getting a buyout from Cleveland and going to Brooklyn. A guy like ja- JaVale McGee has been explored in trade talks. Uh, we're going to see where that all goes, Joel. And I don't, I don't have anything concrete uh, as of right now. But you know, it, it's a fascinating situation to continue to watch. Because, again, you know, the other night, you know, they really tried to lock down on defense. They couldn't make a shot. You know, so it's, it, right now it seems like they're ha- they're having to pick one. Either we have to outscore them or we have to find a way to make more shots. And it's just a hard balance for them right now. I think if they get one of those guys, it takes a little bit of pressure off. But, again, how many minutes can they play? How many minutes can they go? And what if you run it? Because, again, like a guy like Andre Drummond reminds me a lot of – you know, what DeAndre Jordan used to be, right? So now you have basically two of the same player. Is that exactly what you're looking for? What if you run into a more athletic a good center? Question. You know, what if you run into a more athletic guy at With center? Jared Allen. Yeah, a guy like Jared. What if Jared Allen leaves Cleveland? It doesn't seem like they want him to leave at all, but imagine, uh, imagine if he did. Imagine if somehow the Celtics got a more athletic center.
1: I'm trying you know? to think right now who could go toe-to-toe right now. With the, like, the only way this three-ball basketball stops is if a dominant center gets back in the league. A Shaquille O'Neal, like a Wilt-Chain. Oh, the three-ball's not you're going never away, We're going to see another Wilt again. But, it's
0: not going away.
1: But at the same token, at what cost do you have to start respecting the five more than a Joel Embiid to yeah. really put guys down there? You know yeah. what I'm saying?
0: But again, like, this is what we're talking We're not talking about superstars. There
1: needs we're, to be a superstar know, center.
0: I, I, Not necessarily. Look, look at the Sixers success over the past few years what has it been well they've done they have two and done no, you know right. again they got beat by the Kawhi shot so call it unlucky call it whatever you want still lost but again you still lost I hate Philly, and he's just he, he has yet to prove it i'm not saying he can't prove that the 76ers can win with a dominant five They're never winning <laughs> but but we we just haven't seen it yet until we see it I, you don't need a superstar. You just need a guy that can do the basics.
1: Let's talk about superstars and not winning. Let's get on the topic of Bradley Beal. He oh dropped boy. another 40 in a Wizards loss. It's not working. Russ Westbrook's the worst MVP ever. I say it. I'll say it again. Russ Westbrook is the worst MVP in NBA history.
0: I'd probably have to look back on every every player to ever win Steve MVP Nash. on that. Steve Nash, 10 and 10 year. I take well, that back. Well, <laughs> no, uh, that's it. I, I'll definitely look at that to see if, that, if I, if I can agree with that. But uh, you, you look at a guy like Bradley Beal, you just see all the photos. He just looks upset, he, you know. And again, you see the frustration. And you know, they asked him if he was frustrated. and He said, "Is the sky blue?" Um, so <laughs> you know, it's just what you can clearly tell. And I think he's going to get traded. I think it's time for him to leave. He's got to cut ties. He's got to realize he's not going to win there. Uh, he's not Russell. You know what Russell Westbrook's best stat was that what? I saw like maybe less than a week ago. He has 162 points scored this year, but he also has 162 shots. Okay, that's awful. A one-to-one shot-to-point ratio is terrible.
1: Is it? Yes. I feel like that's almost 50.
0: That's no. not it. No. One for 10, no. No. It's one for two. No.
1: I'm not a math major. That's why you always say this in no, the beginning.
0: No, but the point... <laughs> John, he's not he's not shooting. Well. only go up. He's not shooting well. Let's put it that way. We're gonna get all away from all the math. Remember we have we'll non-math majors. Next week. I'm
1: coming back with the math Remember
0: major. we have non math majors listening. Okay. So we're gonna get away from the math. <laughs> but in the end, not good. Not good for Russell Westbrook. Uh you don't wanna be taking the same amount of shots as you do as you have points. Uh that's never good for you. So uh, oh, there's a, when you there's get a, a lot the of higher out.
1: numbers. That's terrible.
0: Yeah. That's ter- yeah. If, if you have 20 points
1: on 20 shots, you're garbage. Yeah.
0: Actually,
1: you might be 10 of 20.
0: You technically could be, but again, what? I, I. Ooh, you start getting getting crazy. Getting, <laughs> you start getting higher, Jolan. I don't. I don't it, it's getting crazy. Russell Westbrook is not shooting good, okay? <laughs> that's the point. 37%. <laughs> let's just throw it out there. Ew. <laughs> that's terrible.
1: He's the worst MVP ever.
0: Well, yeah, well, <laughs> I told you, well, look at this. Uh, we're gonna Look at this next week. We got the Super Bowl, we got fun prop bets, and we got whether Russell Westbrook is the worst MVP of all time or not. So stay tuned for all of that, and uh, we're going to move on to baseball. <laughs> so
1: once Goose agrees and looks through the stat pads and sees Russell Westbrook's won nothing, he'll agree.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about it. But let's talk some baseball, Jolan. Uh, some big decisions coming out this week.
1: Yes, let's uh, talk about the writers. Listen up, writers, if you ever listen to this. What did they write? Nothing. They literally oh, voted for nobody. Right, so
0: they didn't do their job. Yes. Yeah, okay, so, so yeah, The MLB
1: Hall of Fame has nobody going to it for the first time since, let's check the calendar, 2013. Oh, they did it a couple of years ago. So, yeah, MLB does it again. Ew. What, what, do you, what, what do you a say? sham. Bonds
0: very a Hall of Famer to you. And, and they left 14 ballots blank, by the way. Uh, that's that's sh- just...
1: On the whole company, yeah.
0: Kurt Schilling again. Kurt Schilling was the closest one.
1: Yeah, and he had what a political he, view that stopped him? Yeah, oh, man, yeah, that's, uh, we don't talk politics here. But that's a no,
0: a but it's one of those but writers. it's definitely one of those things. Um, I listen Barry Bonds. When you talk about Barry Bonds, it's really difficult because he had he had a Hall of Fame career before the steroids, but then he took. St- now here is the problem: the commissioner of the league during the steroid era is in the Hall of Fame, while the guy who succeeded the most from the steroid era is not. Hold and up, the commissioner the ML, allowed this to happen.
1: The MLB succeeded the most from the steroid era. Well, of Baseball course they did. Baseball was fun.
0: Honestly, they probably wish steroids were back. They, they really do. Stop testing. It, it would absolutely... Well, you know, they can't do... Dude, a they Jose Canseco
1: arm kiss again would jack up the MLB ratings for the they ladies. They can't
0: do that for ethical purposes, but, like... They can look things to the side, Baseball like, has like no they stars. used to do. By the way, um, yeah, but they, there's they, no, no, there's no. So they appeal. have, there's they no. have local stars. So Girl. we we look at places like the the NFL has Patrick Mahomes on a on a countrywide, even global scale. You need we have stars. LeBron James on a global scale in the NBA. I agree. They don't have a global superstar.
1: Don't because the, again,
0: you got guy, you got guys flipping back and forth between which country they want to play. in.
1: Who was you, that? Who was that got, home run race in the nineties before we were born? It was that
0: was uh, Sosa McGuire, wasn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah, people love that. There's no, there's no rock that. stars in baseball anymore. And they played in the same division, which made it even more fun. Sosa
1: swing, that's actually true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I, I, there's I again, there's I, no
1: big I, studs anymore. You remember? There's no and, A Rods technically.
0: And, by the ten way, ago, you could look. next year is Bonds's last year on the ballot, because baseball has a thing. I believe you get ten chances on the ballot, and then that's it. Um, he, listen, I get it. You really?
1: know, it, you, if he, they leave bonds out,
0: it's, um, <sighs> Bud Seeley, I'm the, the commissioner that we were talking about legitimately allowed all of this to happen and didn't start testing till after the, the steroid era, quote unquote. And, you know, again, we, we know bonds took it never technically tested positive, by the way, uh, at least while he was playing. But again, I just think at this point, if you're going to allow the guy that allowed him to get in. You should probably allow Bonds in. And this is enough. Again, obviously, being his last year on the ballot, I think enough is enough.
1: They hate baseball. The guys running baseball hate baseball, and they don't want DHs across the league to sham.
0: Yeah, DH, you know, that, that, we talked about that. That's a very split issue, I think, uh, because a True. lot of, again, you see games like the baseball diehards love it. A, a, a top five moment in baseball history, the Bartolo Colon home run. Uh, you talk top about. Five. <laughs> yeah, oh, easily. Big sexy for the win. Uh, you talk about a game like Jacob DeGrom winning the game single-handedly by hitting a home run and pitching a shutout. You kind of lose that with the DH, but at the same time, if you're looking for fans, you want more home runs, and your DH is likely to provide more home runs uh, than your pitcher would. Otherwise, you need that a new
1: drives DH. ratings. Yeah. Whether MLB wants to admit it or not, the long balls drive ratings. They always have. They always will. And God forbid there was like four or five home runs a game. Yeah. The MLB I, will lose their minds, but who cares? It's fun.
0: Well, even, even right now, you think about it in a pandemic, you know, you can't allow people in the ballpark. Why don't you ever stand them around the ballpark? You get all these DHs in the game. They start hitting Joan Romes. <laughs> get your cups e- out. Into the parking lot. Right. You know, you have a little <laughs> fun with it. You know, again, I, we talk about the NFL being the no fun league. I think Major League Baseball is becoming the no fun league. And, and, and again, you know, you're allowed to have fun up to a certain point in the NFL, obviously. And again, we could agree where that line should be. But it's a it's a heck of a lot more than what Major League Baseball is. We don't even know if they're having a season. We don't know when pitchers and catchers are reporting. We don't know when we're going to get to see the World Series champion New York Mets on the field. We, you know, we don't know any Whoa, of this. Oh, Steve Cohen's on my hit list. R- relax, <laughs> uh, Steve. Co- you know what? No, yeah, the, Steve Cohen, you're our owner. Stay there. If you're
1: going to do some insider trading, you better sign the. Hold on, buddy. He,
0: he, already, he already did his insider trading. Oh, he might be up like to that. it again. We'll, well, we'll
1: talk about this Yeah, later. no, again, that's
0: it, it's a far-fetched accusation, but it, uh, again, we'll – we'll.
1: I heard there's uh, reports uh, of Citadel coming out next week, and he might not be our owner for long.
0: No, that's – bro, I'm not. I, I am not the Stafford thing. I'm feeling it now. Absolutely not. I will protest <laughs> at City Field if I'm the only one i will be damned what if I go down. Field? The whole Mets are going down. I'll There's be, gonna be no Mets. I'll be damned if we're I go be down. The Detroit Lions second buddy. As the only organization in the history of sports that we're talking cricket, <laughs> curling, we're talking like axe throwing, the the only sport the only team in professional sports to have their manager, general manager and owner Fired before their first game, regular season game. Imagine we, the return no, of the Wilpons. No, dude, that's like, no, your, that's like, no, absolutely <laughs> not, absolutely not. I would, I would find somebody, <laughs> I, I had somebody else to root that's for. That's like,
1: dude, the, the return of the Saints. <laughs> that would, that's uh, crazy. Uh,
0: Oh, you just gave me Only that us. The whole That's deal, awful. the
1: whole deal would collapse. He'd get his money back, he'd pay the will Ponds, the will Ponds would be right back or they No, me. the
0: deal wouldn't collapse. The whole deal's thing. already gone through. <laughs> he whole would just would be forced to sell. Oh yeah. And he brought, I don't know how much of the profits he'd get. The profits probably hey, go to Major Lerner League Corp. Baseball. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Why would you do such a you the should be rooting for Steve Cohen to be innocent? Honestly, <laughs> I
1: I if he's screwing the American people, stone him to death. I, I <laughs> Put him on a stick so I Roger Wilsons style stolen
0: I don't know there's a lot to be uncovered about what he has oh yeah has and we're to not gonna to... say anything between the no. lawsuits um, I'm just saying my no. piece no down we, with we, Steve Cohen. don't worry Matt fans the will Palms are not not coming back uh actually that was a double neck they are not coming back they're coming <laughs> no they're not <laughs> period end of story uh that's good. I think that's it for baseball uh for now uh Joe on Tuesday the 26th uh this past week we had the anniversary of Ah, uh, Kobe Bryant passing, and obviously the, how much he meant uh, to to everybody in the area. You know, I still remember that day. I laid down in my in my uh, apartment room in my house at school, and I was just reading my phone, and I'm like, this is a really messed up TMZ report. Uh, and I knew my roommate, you know started playing basketball when he was a kid because of Kobe Bryant. That's right. uh, and and I I I read that to him, you know, you could you could see. You could see the this the displeasure and the and, and the deflation, you know, of what it took out of him and what it took out of a lot of people. Uh, Kobe meant so this much is, to so many people.
1: Kobe was the Michael Jackson effect. You remember exactly what you were doing and where you were. I found out over text in a group chat. Nick Salento had texted us, Kobe died, and we all go, that's so messed up. Why would you say that? Stop joking. And he sent the report and I was I had to stand up for like thirty minutes of like whoa.
0: Yeah, I was like, Why is TMZ We're releasing a, a fake dead report that's messed up and then it just then it just caught like wildfire um and it and it was really all from there. Uh some good news if if you live in New York State, I know we bagged on them a little bit over there in Buffalo, but uh they're getting high school sports back Joel, on, which is uh which is great for their spring. Uh we obviously know in New Jersey, uh, winter sports are underway and they're they're giving this thing a shot, uh at least from there. And uh, just to wrap it up, uh, you know, we talk about uh, we talk about, Jolan, sometimes the the divide between a, a campus and its athletes, um, because, again, it, being an athlete comes with certain uh, again, it comes with certain privileges. It comes with certain benefits. It, it comes with you live a different lifestyle than everybody else on campus. You work a now, little you, harder. You, you work. Right, but again, you know, and again... You help the school
1: get a public image, it needs to keep... We
0: we don't know what some people are doing behind the scenes and stuff like that. But again, uh, we saw this at my alma mater. That would be Wesleyan University. Um, You know, we had the... uh, I believe it's the Wesleyan Athletic Advisory Council. Uh, They are student council. C. Nope, W-A-A-S-C, I believe. Um, They came out with a letter... National (laughs) <laughs> Wesleyan athletic advisory student council there you go uh, there you go and uh, they came out with a letter proposing to the presidents to rethink you know their nonchalantness about a spring season obviously especially with a lot of them having last year canceled uh and the feedback and the the rhetoric and the the disturbing words uh, of uh, of I don't mean, of the of the people on campus that are non-athletes, was quite honestly, Joeline, just a disgrace. Uh, and you really look at it, and it's a really quick way to divide a campus that, by the way, is already halfway divided to begin with because, again, you have a lot of people saying, you know, I got here because of my academics. You got here because of athletics. I've heard that directly to Every my school. Face. I've heard that to my face, you know, let alone uh, – But again, you start going to these smaller schools and it gets even bigger because they're like, well, see, you weren't good enough to go to a big school, you know, so you just ended up here. Now you're on our turf, you know, and all this other BS. Uh, It's really sad to see, Joel. on it. It really is. uh, You know, you go to a school like that and guess what they promote to you? That sports is a huge part of your experience in college, especially if you're an athlete coming out of high school. You can always try out for a team, obviously. Uh, just one of those things. It's sad to see, but I I'm not surprised. And I talked to my roommates about this. I saw this coming from the fir- one of the first times I stepped on campus. Uh, you again, you get all the questions. You know, luckily I was self aware enough to know I was there for football. You know, again, my grades were good coming out of high school, but again, he's fo- lying, folks. Fo- now I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, football, <It's> <laughs> football really drove once it got me there, and when once I got in the door, it's what you do with it, mm-hmm. right? If a guy flunks out, yeah, okay, he was probably just there for sports. But if he succeeds and he thrives, uh, you know, I, I don't see a problem with that. And, again, uh, we did everything to represent our university in the best way possible. And I will say this. On behalf of uh, getting away from this divide and this, you know, what seems like a campus. Tear down the establishment. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> going back to whether they should play or not. They should. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time. I get it. You don't have the resources like a big Ohio State or a, a Alabama, all that kind of stuff but you owe it to your kids because again a lot of the, a lot of the time when we talk about this I or I talk about it a lot you look at these kids at these smaller schools and a lot of them are playing more for the love of the game. A lot of them are playing cuz they got a free ride. But it, you you don't get athletic scholarships in D3 and some of these lower levels. You really play cuz you love the game. And it's to, brutal. Take, it's to brutal take to, the next
1: to yeah. take
0: two years away from those student athletes again, at the Division 1 level, you can redshirt you can do a bunch of these different Two things. Two injury red shirts. You and... can't do it at Division three. It's not the same. And then you start getting into an academic heavy conference like the Ivy League or the NESCAC, which is where Wesleyan is, and you start talking about presidents. And I've heard this directly from Wesleyan's presidents. None of us have actually watched some of these sporting events. And that's a problem because they're making decisions on your livelihood and your sport without ever, ever seeing what competition looks like, how hard you've worked, how hard you practice, how hard you lift, how hard you have to watch your nutrition. It's a damn shame, John, and they should be able to play. We're talking sports like track and field, the baseball, lacrosse. Again, you, field, you've seen, you've seen how these contact sports have gone. You can do this. You can limit travel. You can do these things while still containing an academic uh sense of order and and excellence. I, I I don't think it's out of the question, and I think they should at least give it a shot. I think they owe it to their student athletes, and they owe it to the community as a whole. Uh, j- again, just a, I love a, a Fire di- Goose. Just a difficult situation. Yeah, Goose is sweating over here. Goose wants uh-huh. to take
1: down the establishment. Next to you, buddy. <laughs> I,
0: I can you know, again, I, I just oh I always say I'm blessed. You know, I got through all four of my years. I played all four of my seasons. Very lucky. Uh, whether it was hurt, very lucky. you know, knocked down, got up, whatever it was. Couple you know, surgeries I still persisted through. I still got my four years in, so I can't even imagine what life like as is as a student athlete right now, but if any of you obviously are listening to this and you, you know, you want to reach out or something like that, uh absolutely reach out to me. And uh, Jolán, that's gonna do it for episode thirty-six. We're Tear gonna, down the establishment
1: we're, episode. We're gonna
0: we're gonna end on that note. Um, it, it was a lot of fun, and we're coming back obviously next week. Super Bowl is Russell Westbrook the worst MVP of all time? Has Goose taken down the establishment? There's a lot gonna happen next week, and uh, we're gonna get you all set for it. But uh, you can always reach out to me on Twitter at Gosker fifty-six. Or on Instagram, at Goose on the mic. You can always catch me Saturdays, 1215, WTBQ and WGHC on the Goose and Doc show, uh, the sports show. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We always have guests and, and people in the studio. Joel, where might people be able to find you and or the podcast? You
1: can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Good Old Joel's. And you can follow our podcast at airitout.podcast on Instagram and Twitter at podcastairitout on Twitter. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach us at those. And folks, I called the Stafford thing; he's on the move.
0: Oh yeah. So again, continue to reach out. Continue to let us know what you think of the podcast. Stocks only uh, go up. You know, let us let us know what you think about the goose rant there at the end. Uh, do you want to tear down the establishment too? Uh, it's all oh. up to you, and it's in your hands.
1: Before we close the books, number thirty six, Jerome Bettis episode. Merle, Shout out
0: number thirty six, the bus. Uh, a lot, lot of fun to watch. Uh, back when he was playing for Pittsburgh. But, Joel, that's going to do it here for episode 36. Until episode 37, until Super Bowl week, and until February.
1: Steve Cohen, I don't want your blank check. Put that in the books.